with all not your truth or kindness, Lord. With all not your truth or kindness, Lord. Welcome to The Notice, where together we notice the mercy of God. I'm Susan Hookstra, your host. Have you found yourself going through the motions of life and then suddenly, out of nowhere, you run into an old friend who shares a photograph with you, which ends up changing your whole life? Today's episode reminds us how God notices us in the most intimate of ways. And I do want to alert you that the subject matter is deeply personal and intimate. My guest is Caroline Hobbs, a leader with Surrendering the Secret a ministry and Bible study that helps women heal from the heartbreak of abortion. Caroline, it's great to have you here. Great to be here, Susan. God noticed you, and he used a photograph to get your attention. But tell me what your life was like before that happened. Well, when the, sh the photograph showed up in my life, I was 40. So obviously a lot of life happened in those first 40 years. You know, you're born, you go to school, you graduate, you have family, siblings, you know, life is just going on, um, just as it is with anyone. And I, my story has a twist, as many people do. I didn't grow up in the greatest of homes. My father was an alcoholic. He was abusive when he was drinking um, to, to our mother. You know, when you're a child, that's, that's hard, rough stuff to be around and be exposed to. And, uh, you know, there's, there's fear there, there's confusion, and just, you know, it's just not what, you know, normal, the normal way of growing up. But you don't realize it's not normal until you get older and you discover not everybody grows up in the same way you did. But it's not something you talked about. You didn't go to school, and I'm talking now like high school. I didn't go to school the next day and say, wow, my dad came home drunk and chased us all out of the house or started, you know, beating on our mother. You don't, you don't talk about that. So even at an early age, I was learning how to keep secrets. So tell me, how did God actually notice you? Tell us about the picture. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, well, again, the 40 years before that, living a life very much as I wanted, as I pleased, really no accountability in my life. Always been a free spirit, somewhat of a rebel. So very much, you know, strong-willed, strong-headed mm -hmm. and you know, I loved life and was embracing it in, in many, many aspects. So at 40, I had a lot of things behind me. Um, two marriages, failed relationships, and a lot of fun and all that, if that makes sense. And in all, some, some disappointments, a lot of fun and, and travel and whatnot. But that day, July of 2001, I'm at work. And a friend came in to purchase some items that uh, the company I worked for sold. And I asked him, how have you been? Hadn't seen him in 10 years. I knew he had gotten married uh, 10 years ago. And you know, you ask people, how's your wife? Sure. And do you have any children? And as he's answering me, you know, the wife is fine and he's reaching into his wallet, pulling out this photo, beaming and saying, we couldn't have children of our own but here's our two-year-old adopted son. Wow. With just a glow and a beaming and a proud father just showing me his son. And it was in that instant that God revealed 
my selfishness, my selfish lifestyle, my selfish choices. In that moment is when I realized the decision to abort, I never considered that maybe somebody else would want a child in that instant. It was that, it was like a lightning bolt. What's changed now? How did that change your life? It changed it drastically. I was not attending church. I did not have a relationship with the Lord. I believed in God. I knew who Jesus was. I had been to church as a child, but it was not on my radar. There was nothing in my life that involved God in my life. But in that moment, I knew exactly who showed up. It was very apparent to me. And I left work that day and I went home and I was in my bedroom on my knees repenting for asking him to forgive me, bawling, just sobbing. It, it was like everything was just pouring out of me that had been shoved down and kept secret for so long. It was life-changing. I felt the burden lifted. Mm -hmm. I felt him physically touch me. I, I, and I say that to people, and I, I don't know how people take that. Some understand it and others may not. But I felt his physical touch on mm -hmm. me. And from that moment on is when I started looking for a church. I mean, it, it was like a train in motion that I could not stop. This was the Holy Spirit working in me, yes. although I didn't know yes. it at the time, right? Yes. Because yes. I couldn't do this myself. <laughs> yes. And clearly wasn't doing it myself up to up to those first four years. So he was just he was compelling me and pulling me and guiding me. And I found a church and I started going to church. And I got in a new believers class. And then I started volunteering at the church and Bible study and growing in his word and just surrounded by this people at this church that knew what it was like to be in a relationship with Jesus and to help me discover who that was that showed up that day and changed my life forever. You said you got involved in church, and, and I guess I think of those five things that are really important in our walk with Christ. One is prayer. One is scripture. One is being involved in community, serving, and worship. So did you find yourself diving into all those five things? It took time. The first year, I was just going to church on Sunday. you got to remember, I had been away from church for a long time. I, I have a daughter from my first marriage, did not raise her in the church. I had, you know, I had been away from the church for 25 years. And so it was getting back into it. So that first year was just going to church. Then I read, oh, we have this new believers class. I thought, well, that's what I am. I'm a new believer. I'm going to go take this class. And that was the, the starting point of, of diving into scripture, a prayer life, studying God's word, mm -hmm. and starting to let it become a part of me and you know, opening my heart up to his love, learning about his love. But it you know, it takes it takes time, it doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't. Well, you're developing a relationship. Yes. And with the God of the universe. Yes. And that relationship to get to know him. I mean, I don't know about you, but I'm still trying to I'm still trying to learn about him. I don't know enough and I don't think I'll ever really understand until I'm with him in heaven, but mm -hmm. we still we still want to get to know him. So there's always layers to it. So your life changed. You got this 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 picture that was kind of like 
a just a trigger or a, a pivot for you to to realize where you were at in your life and so you made these changes so how did you see God healing you through this process of getting to know him more that's a great question like I said in that moment I felt my selfishness revealed this this life I was living that was all about me and nobody else and as I learned scripture and and was developing this relationship with Jesus I understood what it meant I once was lost and now I'm found mm -hmm. out of darkness into the light you know that's how the Holy Spirit works he doesn't want to keep us in the darkness of the world because we know that's that's a reality of our world and it's allowed in our world but he wants all of us to walk in his light so revealing the truth in his light is what keeps you on that path growing in your relationship with him it, you know again never always you know you can believe in god but you really aren't in a relationship with christ until you've arrived at that moment with him to say yes i want a relationship with you so so i recognize my need for forgiveness in that moment but through the years is how i learned of his great love mercy grace all those wonderful things that we don't deserve but it's why Christ came. So over time, I developed the whys and the hows of that walk with Jesus and what it meant to accept it, right? And and for me, it's like, okay, in that moment, I knew Jesus forgave me for all my sins, not just abortion, but that was the big one that day, right? He used my abortion to reveal his truth to me. But it took time for me to, to learn to accept his forgiveness. Like I that he actually he, forgave. Right, he forgave me that day, but it took several years, I would say five to six years in this new walk with him to really comprehend and accept that. So you're growing in your faith, you're um, learning how to pray, you're learning scripture, you're learning more about what God is, and worshiping and being in community with your church. And then you started serving, right? But before, when all this was going on, was uh, there any part of you that still felt like you weren't quite healed? Yeah, I mean, when you start learning what God has to say about certain things, you know, it, it's painful. I mean, like, you know, what the Bible says about divorce, what the Bible says about sexual immorality. I, I was very, you know, there was a time in my life I was very um, promiscuous. So getting into accepting the healing is again it's a process that that leads you to understanding somebody explained healing to me like an onion there's layers and layers of it so one of your layers was obviously promiscuous life or mm -hmm. divorce or those other things that you felt were those layers that he was healing so tell me about your healing journey with the abortion so I always found it interesting that that's what he used to reveal his truth to me that day because there was a plethora of things he could have chosen in my life and that you know how he's living my life and um, but that's what he that's what he chose so so again the healing I'll be honest the the total healing did not come until surrendering the secret and that I was introduced to surrendering the secret in 2015 pretty far in my journey from 2001 sure. 
because I, again, I accepted the forgiveness. I understood the forgiveness, but there were, there were effects and ramifications of my decision to abort that were still buried. That's that I didn't understand or recognize until I was told about surrendering the secret that I might want to consider doing this Bible study. Many women who have experienced abortion hide the secret deep in their hearts and suffer in silence. The surrender of the secret Bible study enables women to release this burden and find freedom through their through the honest interactive study of God's word, meaningful group experiences, unique journaling exercises, and confidential caring community. This powerful, redemptive study helps each hurting woman find her personal path to healing. Is that what happened for you? That is what happened, and I think this is a good time to mention. So, you know, our relationship with Jesus is personal, right? Very. So he knows everything about me. Do you think I wanted to go tell people at church and, and people in my life group and the people I volunteered alongside that I would just blurt out, oh, by the way, I came to know Christ through abortion. No way, Jose. Right. Right. I lived in right. fear of judgment, especially at the church. And that, surrendering the secret after going through that and experiencing that complete healing through God's truth and word was powerful enough for me to say, I don't live in fear anymore. I need to proclaim Christ that's because right. of my abortion, because that's what brought me to him. He didn't. He hung on that cross because I chose abortion. I chose to be married and divorced. I chose a promiscuous lifestyle. I chose to take drugs, and the list goes on and on, you know. But as far as the abortion goes, until it wasn't until I went through surrendering the secret that I got the power and the voice to not hide the secret anymore, to not live in secret anymore, to, to not live in shame. I can now, I'm here today, talking to who knows who's going to hear this because I've been redeemed. That's right. There is no fear of judgment. Redemption wins. Redemption wins. <laughs> Redemption wins. But there's steps to get there, right? And the healing process is so, God designs it so uniquely for each one of us. But there's a lot of things that are very secret that we're afraid to talk about. This is one of those subjects. But, you know, there's other subjects like sexual abuse or pornography, anything like that, mm -hmm. that is so something that we do that nobody else kind of really knows about. The thing is, is our God knows we can't escape his presence. No. Psalm 139 says we cannot escape his presence. So he sees it all. He knows it all. And that's part of what being noticed means. We want to be noticed. And God says, I'm noticing you. I noticed you, Caroline. I did use this picture to get your attention, but I've been noticing you all along, girlfriend. Yes. I've been noticing that you've been doing that. I, I've been keeping my eye on you because I love you mm. and I want you to be healed. If you're out there today, if you're one of those people who have suffered silently, who have a secret, there are people, safe people, who want to help you. What would you say to that person, Caroline? What would you say to that person who is suffering in silence about a secret? I would say you're not alone. 
and what you're feeling, experience, or what you've been through, you are not alone. There are thousands and thousands of women who have made the decision to abort. Let's be honest, abortion is legal in our country, but not too many people are talking about it like this because of the shame, regret, guilt, whatever the reasons were for their decision. And so that's why it's called surrendering the secret because you're not alone. And I, and I promise anybody listening to this that is feeling compelled to, to talk to somebody or even you know take the step to go through this, this awesome healing Bible study, I would encourage you to do that. You can go to surrenderingthesecret.com and get more information. But the, the thing is, is we can't save ourselves. No, we and, can't. And we can't heal ourselves. No, we can't. God wants to save us. Yes, he does. <laughs> and he sent his son Jesus to be our healing savior. And, and that, for me, he doesn't want us to suffer. He doesn't want us to suffer in silence. He doesn't want us to live under that umbrella. We know where that comes from. We know who wants to keep us silent. Because the more we're silent, the less we're going to make a change. That's right. And it's the enemy who wants to keep this in the dark. Yes, he does. He wants you to suffer in silence. He wants you to think that there is no healing, that Jesus is just just fire insurance to get us to heaven, and it will be better when we're in heaven. But God says there's victory now. So tell me, what is it like, Caroline, to live in that victory? Tell me what what happens to you when you, I mean, you can openly talk about this right now. I'm sure that it was a lot, there were times when you you were even afraid to say anything to anybody. And now you're here on a podcast for crying out loud talking about it. So what, what, what happened? What happened? You know, I can only explain it through scripture. Joshua 1.9 says, have I not commanded you, declares the Lord. Do not be afraid, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you may go. And when I learned that scripture, I mean, that was powerful to me. That was that was me, him saying, I got this, I got you, don't worry about anybody else. You walk in victory because I've brought you to victory. And, it, and again, it is such a personal relationship with Christ that when when you've arrived in that moment, you are going to claim his word. You're going to read his word, and you're going to, he's. this is his love letter to us. This Everything in there is for us to have the power to speak out, the power to elevate him for the God that he is. And, you know, what's incredible is this all has to do with his mercy, doesn't it? 100%. We don't you know, deserve it. Because we really don't deserve anything. I mean, we're sinners. We can list off all our sins if we want. But part of the healing process is to admit that we've sinned and to surrender that so that you can accept what Jesus has for you instead. There's something so different about that. There's something so different when you tell your story and you get it out and you, it, it is so freeing. Of course, to talk about this requires being in a safe community and, and confidential. So if somebody were to do this Bible study, explain to me about what you think that would be like. What would that feel like for somebody who wanted to do this study with you? Well, again, um, in 2015, I went through the study 
um, under the leadership of a, a woman who's uh, who heads up a Christian pregnancy center in Jackson, the Center for Women. Great resource if you're listening in the Jackson area. Mm-hmm. And after going through that, you know, not everybody that goes through the study will want to lead a study or, you know, or become a leader to lead it. But I knew, I knew because of the healing, the additional healing that occurred through the study that gave me the power and the courage uh, to speak out loud. Why wouldn't I want other women to be healed as well? Because they're suffering. You know, statistically, 30 to 45% of women who are between the childbearing ages of, let's say, 18 to 45, have had at least one abortion. Wow. Whether secular or Christian, there is no, there's no um, difference on who chooses to abort. The, there's tons of st- statistics out there. You can Google them. I mean, everything's at our fingertips, right? I mean, there's a website called abortionfacts.com that not only talks about the statistics of abortion, which in the United States alone, there's probably um, over a million abortions performed each year since it became legal in 1973. So it's not hard to add that number up to 50 to 60 million. And And you know, it's important to have these conversations and talk about these things. They're tough things. I know they're tough things, but it's important to talk about it. I was really pleased uh, recently they released a movie called Unplanned. I don't know if any of our listeners have seen that movie, but powerful, powerful movie that showed what it was like to go into those abortion clinics and what women experienced while they did that. If you haven't seen it, you haven't seen it yet, I highly recommend it. Um, But I will tell you, it's powerful. And, you know, most of the time when we think about going to a movie, we want to go be entertained, right? Right. But this was one of those that you're saying, okay, this, we need to be talking about this. Whether it's on a podcast or in a small group or in our churches, you know, we need to be talking about this because there's a lot of people, you might even be that person who's coming on Sunday night, Sunday morning or Sunday night to church and you're sitting there and you're listening to the pastor and you're hearing what they're saying and you're getting it, but there's something inside that's just still not right. Holding you back. And you can't live your full life for Christ because it's holding you back. If you're interested in this study, Caroline, we'll be starting some Bible studies up here soon, and you can go to Hobbs, my story, his glory at gmail.com. That's Hobbs, my story, his glory at gmail.com. And I think it's interesting because you're telling your story here, but there are so many other people out there with these stories. I mean, they even have a website called IRegretMyAbortion.org for those who want to read this to to remind you that you're not alone in this. Yes, this is Caroline's story, but it's, there's many people out there with these stories and you're not alone. So here's the bottom line. This, this might've happened to you, but it doesn't define you. Amen. God might notice you because of this, but he's constantly pursuing you wanting to offer you his mercy, which says, I, I took care of this. Yes. Your, my, my blood covered it. Yes. It's covered, and I can, I can have you live a victorious life. Yes. You know, you say, my story, his glory. 
So this is about glorifying God. Always. Because you're not victorious because of something you did here. No, it goes back to be saying earlier, we can't save ourselves and we can't heal ourselves. It's not possible. It's not possible. We have this God who's sitting there waiting, waiting for you to take notice that he wants to heal you. Yes. So if you're that person today, I hope that you will really, really reach out to Caroline or just look at these websites and and just just one layer of that healing, one layer of that onion. Just let it come off and see where God takes you. Caroline, I just want to thank you so much for being here today, for being vulnerable to share your story with us. I'm really grateful because when I met you, I realized and I heard your story, I realized, God, she's living in victory. Yes. And that victory is contagious. And it reminds me of 2 Corinthians 1, uh, verse 3 and 4 that says, Blessed be the God, of Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who comforts us so that we may comfort others. And that's what we're here for. So I thank you so much, Caroline, for being here and for sharing. It's been my pleasure, Susan, and I, I hope that I being here today gives hope to others. So again, that's Hobbs, my story, his glory at gmail.com if you want to find anything more about surrendering your secret. Our next episode is going to be about something just a little bit different. We're going to be talking about this busy, crazy lifestyle that we have and how we can find peace amongst the chaos. So join me for our next episode. Until then, thank you again, Caroline, and thank you for listening. And take notice.